Hey, it's Ryan Doyle from TDR's Guaranteed Money. Is in-game wagering the reason fans are acting like maniacs in arenas? We take a look at an NFT project dedicated to the Black Mamba. And DraftKings, is now the time to be bullish on their stock? We'll explain as Guaranteed Money gets rolling. And welcome to TDR's Guaranteed Money. I am Ryan Doyle. That is Anthony Vero. Let's get the uh, business, the legalese out of the way yep, first. Get the shit out of the way. Uh, out of the way. All views in the Guaranteed Money podcast and the guests in this podcast are purely opinion. You should not treat any opinions expressed by us or guests as investment advice. And the views in this podcast are solely intended to be informational and are not investment advice. Uh, yeah, there is so much to talk about this week. I thought the last show was busy. It's getting tons of feedback. Your comments on Portnoy, my comments on Portnoy. Yeah. Uh, lots of commentary on that. But uh, let's start off maybe just with the NBA because the NBA has been everything uh, and it has been oh, yeah. nothing all at the same time. Sort of a feast or famine. Uh, Anthony, we got a situation where the Phoenix Suns look, uh, you know, without Devin Booker, they may, be, they may be toast. They're done. You've got yeah. the Milwaukee Bucks without Chris Middleton, losing him last night and then losing to the Bulls. A lot of questions there because that's sort of Robin's yep. Giannis's Batman. Uh, this thing has been flipped on its head, no? Middleton's out. Bucks are done. They're not. I mean, Giannis is, like, like I've said, I think Giannis is MVP um, caliber. I think Joel Embiid is the MVP. Um, after last night especially, he's the only one that's actually willed their team to win down the entire game so far this playoffs. Um, Suns are done. Suns are toast. I mean, CJ McCollum is a superstar. I mean, C.J. McCollum, that that team looks good. I mean, if that team had Zion, I don't know where we would be talking. What, what we'd be might saying might be about world right beaters. But, might be world beaters with Zion. I mean, Brandon Brandon Ingram and C.J. McCollum look to be vibing pretty well together. Um, that being said, the Heat are two and zero. So I mean, I'll take that. And the Raps are about to get swept. Yeah, um, listen, but, I'm going to Saturday's game in Toronto, and I'm going to tell you, I'm not looking forward to it. Now, last night in the yeah. game against Philadelphia. Raptors led the entire game. Philadelphia did not take a lead in regulation and ended up winning no. that game in overtime. So tells you Stroll, a lot. And Stroll Embiid. It is Joel Embiid. Embiid. Yeah, he took that, they he needed, took that game they, over last night. They needed a three-pointer. Joel Embiid made the three-pointer. They needed him to drive the hole. From the corner. Joel, he was the only yeah, guy yeah. who could make the shot. And he threw, just, I, was refreshing, I was refreshing my phone, and it says, Joel Embiid, three-pointer from the corner. I'm like, all right, well, that's, <laughs> it's just in the cards for them to take this game. I mean, you guys are a force with Scotty. If Scotty's not in the game, well, and Pascal Siakam was a ghost last night. He was non-existent yeah, I mean, when the team needed him the most, and and that, that just can't happen in those moments. I mean, I know that's your team, but I I genuinely think Siakam is like a two through four, depending on what team he's on. I mean, he's not. You guys are good because you have a squad that vibes well together. It's not yeah. a function of Siakam being a superstar. No, and there's no player that's sort of bigger than the other in that squad. That's kind of what the Toronto no. Raptors are all about, especially on defense. I mean, how they played a, a great got, defensive game for four quarters, practically. You got arguably the best coach in the league, and I'm saying yes. that being a very, very big Eric Spolster fan. And I think Nick Nurse is is there. You also have a situation, and I don't want to say that I was the guy who told you so, but I mean, we're two games games into the series. Uh, the Boston Celtics are uh, laying a can of whoop ass on the Brooklyn Nets. The Brooklyn I cannot find to, a way I, to win. I don't want to see Boston. Well, you know it's going to happen. I don't want to see Boston. It's going to happen. I mean, we're going to have to go through Philly, which I think is going to be a pretty hard series. Um, I mean, I didn't like the way the Heat played the other night. Yeah. But, I mean, Bogdanovich, 
was a fucking machine. I mean, he was just chucking shots up in the second. Yeah, and everything was going in. Um, But Duncan did that to them in game one. But I don't, I don't want to see Boston. I think they're got. I think they're confident. I think they know what they can do right now, and I think they have the talent um, across the board. That being said, I think we match up better against them than anybody. He uses um, the word the "we." East. Those are the Miami Heat for those who are listening. That is who he's talking. Yeah, about. yeah. I, just, uh, I don't want to see Joel Embiid. Embiid's going to be a problem for us. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I, but I still think Miami matches up okay, and I still think they get the job done and yeah, figure yeah. it out. It'll be a longer series, to be sure. But that's the next round. We're still working on the, the first round. And one of the big things, speaking of the Boston Celtics, that everybody's been buzzing about uh, is Kyrie Irving uh, flip it, flipping off the, the Celtic faithful at the TD Gardens. And you know, I still call it the Boston Garden. It is what it is. Uh, Adrian Wojciechowski, Woj, you know him from ESPN, talks a lot of yeah, basketball, yeah. always has the inside scoop on things. Uh, he's trying to pin this on what is our wheelhouse, which is the world of sports gambling. Uh, we'll play the clip for you, and we'll talk a little bit about it. But essentially, he's saying as gambling becomes prevalent in the arena, uh, with in-game betting, people are going wild. Look at this. We're going to see more of this in the league. Nothing to do... With, there's a different dynamic with Kyrie Irving in Boston. Mm-hmm. But as gambling becomes more prevalent in the arena, people gambling on almost everything everything that goes on with the game, and they're drinking, players, organizations, and you talk to them, they already feel it in the arena. And when people are losing money in real time, and they're pointing to a player on the court that said, hey, I bet you to score more points in the second quarter than somebody else, and I lost you're adding an element to that that we're not talking as much about, but is a real factor in this league. And I think you are going to see more instances of, of fans being even more vitriotic yeah. toward players in this league. And it's an issue they're going to have to deal with, but it comes, I think, with the influx of gambling money right. that everyone's going to profit off of, both players and the league and the, and the BRI. Yeah. But it's going to impact the way the relationship between fans and players in real time. And, you know, it's interesting because I'm watching the, uh, the, the new series winning, winning time uh, about the Los Angeles Lakers of the 1980s. And the it's, episode, awesome. it's awesome. And the episode this past weekend was all about the Boston Garden and about how fans yeah. treat you differently and how crazy they were. This is in 1979, 1980, this thing is supposed to be taking place. There was no in-game betting back then. So I'm not sure no. I buy this idea, this concept that people are losing their minds because of gambling. I think it's a reach. I think it's a re- I think it's a big reach. I mean, I don't agree with him. I Kyrie's Kyrie's that dude. Kyrie's the guy that's going to flick off the Boston Garden while playing. I mean, it doesn't surprise me. I mean, I like Kyrie cuz he's he's unapologetically himself. Meanwhile, he's a superstar and you can't deny how good he is. Um, but I mean, I don't think he's got a valid point whatsoever. It's definitely not attributed to to betting. I mean, that's that's not the case. Well, look at look at last year or two years ago when Trey Young was getting you know jeered by the the New York crowd at, at MSG. It, it oh, wasn't yeah. in game betting that caused that. It was just fans being fans. No. I mean, sometimes people are dicks. Yeah. You know, I've sat beside these people. Hell, okay, I'll admit it. I've been these people. I've been kicked out of certain venues for you know harassing a oh, pitcher yeah. and mocking a pitcher. I remember it. I was mocking one of the Jays pitchers against the Yankees about I don't know fifteen years ago, and I got booted from the Rogers Center. So what? It happens. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we booed. I mean, in Miami, they were booing Trey Young every play the last game. I mean, every time he got the ball, they were booing him. He's off, though. I mean, I'm fully prepared for like a 50 point game tomorrow out of him. But you think it's going to happen? We'll see what happens. 
I yeah, think he's I mean, done though. I think they figured him out. I think they figured him out big time. Uh, we'll you see. Just don't want I my, hope I'm wrong. just don't want me to jinx you. That's all it is. Uh, I, I hope of, I'm wrong. Speaking of jinx, uh, DraftKings, let's talk a little bit about the, the stock side of things for a second. It's an interesting article, and these type of articles get written, correct me if I'm wrong, usually a couple of weeks before an earnings call happens, right? You know, it's the typical, should you be bullish on this stock conversation? Of course, it's been a pretty wild ride for DraftKings shares. The debate about its real-world prospects, whether you should be in or out, are happening all online, so let's have it now. Uh, right now, you look at the the stock at near 71% of its all-time, off of its all-time high from last March. Yeah. When you look at this type of stock, as we approach their earnings call on May 6th, you know, I've said it on the pod before, I think it's a buy-in cautiously and don't expect any returns in the next year. You, you know, wait two, three, four years. Would this be a kind of stock that you would be bullish on? Not that we're making recommendations, but when you look at it, it's hanging out there so cheap. I can understand why people would want to take a bit of a flyer with it as long as they're realistic with their expectations. Yeah, I mean, it's a stock I'd consider. Um, I mean, when you look at what happened with COVID, when valuations went nuts, when all the money was pumped into the system, tech valuations were nuts. I mean, look at Peloton, look at Zscaler, look at Zoom, look at a bunch of other tech businesses that are currently burning a hell of a lot of money and still trying to figure out their consumer journey and, and what they're doing, they're down 80%. I mean, DraftKings isn't an outlier. It happens to be in a, in a new space, in an emerging space. It's heavily CapEx intensive and value uh, valuations have come down and capital's gotten more expensive. I mean, I'd watch it, I'd wait, and I'd potentially make a move on it if I wanted exposure to the sports wagering space. I don't think you make a move into the space without buying DraftKings or FanDuel. Um, they're the two leaders by far, or Caesars. Um, but then again, you're buying a bunch of different parts of their business. Yeah, and I, I think with DraftKings as well, you know, if you're looking to get in, I would probably wait till after the earnings call, see what they have to say, yeah. see where the company is pegged at. It's not like it's going to rocket ship overnight to back over a hundred bucks. I just don't. No. That's just not going to happen. No, 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 no. And I mean, look at the chart right now. It's pretty damn ugly since October. Um, it's, it's, it's not pretty. It's, it's just, like it's yeah, like the yeah, opposite the side way. of the Price is Right mountain it's climber. All, it's all the way down, um, left to right. Yeah, it's not good. So, yeah, it's not good. I'd but watch. Again, watch. Take a listen. Be, yeah, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be rushing in if I was. If I was going to do that. And of course, in in early May, we will have a breakdown of, of DraftKings and their uh, their stock potential when their earnings call uh, does happen. We'll be on it. We'll be listening. Uh, you know, we did ask on this show just the other day: Can we get some more information out of Ontario to figure out who people are using, what the big you know what the big names, what big names are actually breaking through? According to the folks at Morgan Stanley, I guess they must listen to the pod, Anthony. It's got to be it. Uh, Score Media and Gaming has taken an early lead in Ontario's newly launched sports betting market. Uh, app downloads, of course, not necessarily meaning that customers are spending money, but the score seems to have taken a very strong lead. Uh, Bet365, which I did mention on the show this week, uh, received the second yeah. most downloads at 36%, followed by Betway, BetMGM, and BetRivers. Now, here's what I will say is a surprise. The company that we just talked about has not launched yet. So DraftKings is not in the Ontario market. So that's interesting to me yep. because I think they would probably be in this equation one, two, three. They're not. But FanDuel is, Caesars is, BetMGM is, and they yeah. are not at the top of this list, which is interesting because it goes back to what I was saying months ago before the launch. The score is something everybody in Ontario has had on their phone. Obviously, that conversion worked to some degree. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think it's, it's going to be a wait and see. 
I think it's going to be I think it's going to be a big wait and see see how the market shakes out see what users like what platforms I mean I'd be looking six to nine months from now on the uh, on the user metrics as far as downloads go as far as dollars spent on apps go um, and just wait to see that I mean you're not going to see a clear cut leader out of the gate you'll see somebody taking pole position but I mean like you know firsthand I mean if it comes to their consumer loyalty programs and it comes to what they're giving back to actually engage in the ecosystem, that can change overnight if somebody decides to get real slick and deploy a very savvy marketing uh, program paired with uh, consumer bonuses and, and loyalty, et cetera. It's all about pandering to the consumer in this in this sector. I've kind of hinted all along as well that DraftKings may be watching exactly what you just said. Let's see who takes the poll position. Yeah. Let's figure out why they're there. And let's see what we can do to usurp them when we're tie- we're ready to cut the ribbon and get the engine running. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's I think it's I think it's popular in a lot of sectors, especially with new markets and new technology. Like when you look at the card sec, like the trading card sector, yeah. none of the big boys are dealing with Web three or NFTs, and I think they're letting companies come out, hit some bombs, hit some success, and then figure out who's gonna who's what, and then just go buy and just just start buying. Um, once the once the concept's actually proven, I wouldn't be DraftKings and FanDuel are both smart. They're gonna they're gonna conserve money where the, when the, where they can. When you say the big boys are sitting on the sidelines, which one surprises you the most that hasn't jumped into Web three that hasn't jumped into NFTs? All of them. None of them have gotten into into the physical to digital, which is kind of like bl- blaringly obvious. I mean, it's a it's a multi billion dollar secondary market that no one's participating in, and they're not capturing any of the revenue. And so PSA, Fanatics. Uh, any of the grading companies, BS, uh, BGS, SGC, um, then none of them are partaking, which is great because when I'm in investor meetings and they're like, who's your competition? I'm like, well, I hate to break it to you, but nobody right now, no. <laughs> which I mean, I think we've got an eight to 12 month window and you're going to start to see people enter the market um, 100%. Uh, speaking of entering the market, News Corp, uh, of course, a, a big news organization based in Australia. Uh, they're the owner of the Dow Jones as well. Uh, they yep. are now announcing that they're going to get into the world of sports gambling. DAZN uh, also, of course, a big broadcaster. They had the NFL rights for a very long time internationally. Uh, they've announced that they're going to get into the world of sports gambling. This is interesting to me. Let's start with the print media side of things, because that generally is News Corp's business. Obviously, it's dwindling. Obviously, it's dying. Uh, you see Torstar in Ontario. They've got a, a, a model, an iGaming model, uh, that they've put forward oh, yeah. through their company, North Star Gaming. Originally, I, I remember this because I was talking on, on mainstream media at the time. I thought it was a weird fit. I thought it was a weird marriage when you see print media getting into something that is so not print media. But I also understand it when I take a step back. The funding model is broken for old school journalism. The funding model is just isn't there anymore. People aren't buying papers. People aren't subscribing online to your news service. So it does make sense from a revenue perspective to have companies like News Corp, like Torstar in this kind of field, even though it doesn't feel like a, a, uni, a, a genuine marriage. Yeah, I mean, I'm all for dinosaurs getting into the what's new and sexy, but I don't <laughs> think this is going to work. I mean, you've got proven players in the space that have enormous market share. It's, I mean, sure, they might have some crazy acquisition, customer acquisition strategy uh, in the works or some sort of acquisition strategy to go buy, buy some outlets and platforms. But if the Washington Post announces that they're going to start getting into sports wagering and like a bunch of like uh, analog news companies... Uh, Go have at it, but I mean, I don't see how they're going to compete. Does it feel like everybody's kind of catching that wave? Then, like you, you know, you're right. There are players in the game. Yeah, it's already. like Zuckerberg. 
Yeah, right. It, okay. It, 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 it's like it's like Facebook. Facebook's flavor of the week. They were doing uh, the DM wallet. They're getting into crypto. Now they're getting into the metaverse. Now they're getting into NFTs. It's like they've got an identity crisis and they've got a core product crisis. So let's go figure out some buzzwords and then figure out how we can build around it after the fact that we announce it. So, I mean, I think that's that's the case here. They think sports wagering sexy, which it is. It's popular. It's everywhere. And now it's like, all right, we can become they're not necessarily going to become relevant, but we can become back into the conversation by adding this. I mean, shit, it's why we're talking about them right now. Otherwise, we wouldn't be talking about News Corp. Um, on the podcast. I mean, a lot of people wouldn't be talking about Facebook if it wasn't for the rebrand to Meta and the Metaverse and Web3. So, I mean, I think it's a, it's, a, it's a brand. It's a powerhouse with a corporate identity crisis that's reaching um, to become relevant again. Well, one company that is, I, I think, reaching with this idea, and I, I think that they're dead in the water, and this is going to be, maybe this is the hot take of the day. Uh, Netflix is in talks uh, with F1 to do more product, to put more out there. Obviously, uh, Netflix deserves all the credit. For, what are you shaking your head at now? You're already... <laughs> I hate ne- I hate Netflix, personally. Oh, so they, they've also said that they're yeah. going to tap the brake on the idea of live sports, that they're not going to get into the world of live sports. And I think there's only so much Netflix product that they can put out there. Most of it's shit. That they're they're going to have no choice but to get into live sports, and I think if they don't, they're going to be irrelevant. If they don't, you want to know why they're saying they're not getting into live sports? Because I bet you, Google, YouTube, and Amazon already have that shit locked up. They just well, they do. They've got the it. NFL. Look at I look would, at Amazon. They've already got Thursday correct. night football. YouTube's got you know a football problem. I mean, the the problem with Netflix, and I mean maybe this is a stupid thing for me to say, but. All of Netflix's programming, for the most part, is Gen Z focused. It's like tween focused. Like it's all very like woke, like LGBTQ. Like it's incorporated everywhere. I mean, I like Netflix documentaries, like Fourteen Peaks, The Alpinist, like all of the nonfiction content's awesome. But their original content, with the exception of like Stranger Things, House of Cards, and like maybe a couple other shows, like sucks. Like HBO is leaps and bounds better. Amazon, Amazon kind of sucks too, actually, now that I think about it. But I mean, Showtime, HBO, Netflix can't, I mean, they are competing, I'm sure, to an extent. But as far as the quality of content goes, I'm not seeing anything on Netflix like I'm seeing on those two. Yeah, I don't disagree with you. I think the F1 product, though, that they put out, they deserve a tip of the hat for. Because that did get a whole bunch of people in. That's a case... That, 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 that should be a case study in like, in like schools. And that, that, that is a case study. That should be a case study in media. They literally turned an entire fucking continent onto a sport simply by doing a very well done, curated, emotionally driven series. That turned all of my friends onto Formula One within six months. Who weren't part all, of it at all? Like every person. Yeah. Every person I know right now had no prior knowledge of Formula One before Drive to Survive. And now my friends are like clawing at, the, at every opportunity to go to the race that's going to be in Miami in two weeks. Like they know who uh, Lando Norris is and Danny Ricardo is. And it's, it's like they, they actually understand the culture and the storylines. That was a home run. But I don't think you're going to be able to support a $100 billion market cap on uh, Formula One and drive to survive no you're gonna have to build bigger you're gonna have to do that with other product out there you're gonna have to do it with other sport and make it so that it's entertaining like if you did one about cricket for example 
I think you'd, you'd probably get a lot of people turned on to cricket if you did it properly. Yeah, I mean, I'm just throwing an idea out there, but look at what Disney World does. Disney World develops IP, and then they develop or, or acquires IP like they did with Marvel and Star Wars, and then they create experiences around it. If Netflix was smart, and if they do this, this is the first time this idea has probably been out there. If Netflix created some sort of metaverse platform where you have like Brilliant. Stranger Things, where you have House of Cards, where you have their other shows and their IP in an engaging to way to where the consumers have yeah, to, precisely to where the consumers have a uh, an immersive experience and an extension of the IP that they have versus just watching shit on your television. That's how they survive. They're not going to survive, though, building theme parks. They're going to build it in a, in a CapEx efficient environment like the metaverse, enhance the digital experience. They were talking about streaming gaming. That'll die. And no one's streaming gaming to a TV. No. I mean, most people that game or most people that play esports are actually like hardcore game. You're or on, on Twitch. A PC. Yeah. You're exactly. not going to find them on a console. Yeah, yeah. 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 But I think they should do that. Create a metaverse, create immersive experiences around their IP. I mean, imagine if there was a Stranger Things. Uh, the upside down metaverse, right? Um, that people could go into. You'd have all those consumers in there right away. Like people get, would be buying the NFTs. The and people would be. How yeah. do we get? How did we get two very smart fucking people on this podcast? I mean, it's it's. Do we ever walk away and think like, how many great ideas has this it's, show had? I'm good at spitballing. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm decent at spitballing ideas in real time, apparently. But that's I think a, that's a pretty fucking slick idea. So, so Netflix, if you happen to listen to this, I would go with that. It's all you yours. Can create the, uh, the 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 Web three Disney World of uh, of Netflix IP. I want I want to get your take since we're spitballing here. Uh, there's an artist in Los Angeles. I was reading this actually in the LA Times, and there's a reprint of it uh, on an investor website, uh, talking about this visual artist who's known for celebrity photography. And he has launched recently uh, the Kobe Bryant Experience. It's a series of NFT packages inspired by these iconic images that this photographer has taken. Uh, the buyer, you would get a photograph. It's a one-of-one -one NFT. Uh, the buyer would also receive an interactive 3D card, access to an exclusive interview with the photographer, and a collection of other high-res images of Kobe Bryant. Um, in the series of, of, of NFTs that I've seen released, this one stands out to me. Because A, you've got somebody who's no longer with us, and I think that's key. Uh, B, you're never going to get this image yeah. recreated. It's going to be a one-of-one one legitimately. I think this is something that a lot of people will probably fork over a good amount of cash for. A lot. I think it's, I think it's something people are going to spend a lot of money on. Um, I mean, it's Kobe. He's iconic. He's. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love LeBron. But if you're talking about just icons and culture – you could probably argue that Kobe is a bigger cultural icon than LeBron, second to Jordan, um, especially post uh, post mortem. Um, I think it's I think it's a great idea. Um, one thing I didn't hear you say though is, does the owner of the NFT get the physical original as well? Yeah, I was looking for that and I didn't see it in the piece. And I've written I've read a couple of pieces on that. That's a good point because you should, in essence, because get, that I mean, for that... me seals that for me seals the that for me seals the deal. Um, if you own the one of one NFT, you should be entitled to the one of one physical. Now, if they were sitting in like the Smithsonian and I knew that they were going to be sitting there until the end of time, right? I'd probably have less reservations about owning the one of one physical. But if you're going to derive value on a digital product derived from a physical product, 
the physical product needs to either A, be in third-party custody, or B, owned by the owner of in, – in, in, in custody of the owner of the one-of-one one NFT. So if you're ever trading them or ever selling them, whoever's getting it is getting the entire package, and they truly right, the own thing. the assets that are in that umbrella, yeah. And and that's obvious. I think it's I'd pay a lot of money for it important. if I was getting the one of one. Yeah. yeah, I'd pay a lot of money for it if I was getting the one of one uh, physical as well. I, I, I want to finish up before uh, before we get going here. Talk a little bit about college football. I know it's weird because it's April, but the draft is around the corner when it comes to the NFL. Uh, and now there's some concern yep. from from head coaches in college football uh, that the players are cashing in. I mean, the the day is here that your name, image, likeness. Uh, is going you're going to get you're going to make bank off of it uh, reportedly one player they yeah. haven't identified who it is is going to make half a million dollars uh two others will make at least a million according to the athletic uh nick saban is against Good. this Dabo sweeney is against this uh the the athletic also reported that a 2023 rec- recruit signed a whopping eight million dollar deal with their school's collective um i think more power to them i don't understand why these coaches are so anti considering they've been making fucking money on the backs of college players for the longest time and i'm not talking like yeah. 10 bucks what is here nick, they've been making millions what does nick saban make nine million a year yeah eight million a year something like that like if i was a player on alabama leveraging the nil infrastructure that they just deployed and nick saban is saying that i shouldn't be making that money i tell him to go fuck himself and i'd transfer i mean that to me is like Ridiculous. You know what was also on this week? Uh, John Daly and John Daly's son uh, <laughs> just signed an NIL agreement with Hooters. I saw that he's with the, the Hooters first, girls out yeah, of <laughs> he's, the first, he's the first NIL um, to, to, to join Hooters. I mean, the, I see it this way. These players and these athletes make so much money for the universities that does not come back to them. And I mean, obviously... A free education is a very valuable thing, and the odds of them becoming a professional athlete and slim. making millions of dollars is slim to none. So if I'm making you an exorbitant amount of money participating in college athletics, meanwhile, I'm going to be able to earn money leveraging my likeness from a marketing perspective – like, who are you to tell me that I can't do that? It's not protracting from anything that I'm doing on the field. It's, it's not becoming a, a, a distraction. It's, it's just me being able to set myself up for the future, whether or not I'm a professional athlete or not. Because, I mean, let's be honest. These universities don't care about athletes once they're gone. I mean, it's, 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 you're, you're, you ran it's through the factory. machine. It's a You factory. generated the value. For, yeah, you generated the value for us. Now, whether you're a pro or whether you are suffer an injury and you're out of the pros, or you just weren't good enough to make it. The university doesn't care either way. They're reloading, and their money machine is going to just keep self-perpetuating itself. I think that there's let these kids make as much money as they possibly can. Yeah, I don't disagree with you. And if anybody does disagree, first of all, drop a comment. We'd love to hear from you either way you think. Yeah, uh, I'd, love to hear, I'd love to hear the counterpoint. Yeah, I'd, because I'd love to hear you know, the counterpoint from that argument. You can drop a comment in our, our YouTube feed. We'd love to hear from you on it. I, I mean, for me, just picture yourself watching a college football game, or I'll do you one better. Read through the listing on a website, or like let's say ESPN, of all of the bowl games. And what does every bowl game have in front of it? Yeah. Sponsorship. And it's fucking expensive yeah. to sponsor a bowl game. It's not yeah. something you can do on the cheap. The university's pocketing that money. The coach is pocketing that money. Oh yeah. Why isn't the why isn't the machine itself and all of its parts 
working on that same playing field and working on that same level? That's what you've got to ask yourself. That's the question you need to ask yourself if you've got a problem with these kids getting paid. Yeah, I mean, players get they get a little goodie bag like when you go to the Grammys. I mean, granted, I think for the bowl games, it's probably like I think it's between like ten and twenty grand worth of actual like product or like stuff. But still, like, don't give me product. Give me a check. Like, give me a twenty thousand dollar check that I can go put into a four hundred one k, put into my savings account, pay my rent. Like, give me something that that that's going to better me. Don't give me hundred percent product. 100%. Like, it's like not not to sound ungrateful, but I mean, these kids need money. They like, need that's food. They need to eat. Important. They need They're to put clothes on their college. back. Yeah. Yeah. They've got families. They've got they've got families. They've got people they support. I mean, give them. I think they should get as much money as they could possibly capture, leveraging their marketing and their likeness. All right. Uh, that's going to be it for us next for uh, this week. Next week, of course, we'll have probably a lot of round twos and the matchups in the NBA. We'll we'll discuss that. Take a look at that. We're going to look at the NFL draft. Uh, will Aiden Hutchinson be the number one pick for the Jaguars? I'm hearing differently, but I'm going to hold off until next week and I'll try to source out a little bit more uh, that he might not be number one. But we'll uh, we'll bring that to you in next. Who's going to be number show. one? Ha- uh, Sauce. I'm going to no. I'm going to tell you next week. I'm going to tap the fun of this show. All right. Why would I give it all away now? All right. Suspense. <laughs> Suspense. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. Anthony, thank you so much, my yeah. friend. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for watching. We appreciate you giving this video a thumbs up. And if you can, we appreciate your feedback. So please leave a comment. And if you like what we do, share it on social media. Send a link and be sure to subscribe to our channel. And when you subscribe, tap the bell to receive notifications on all videos that we post in the future.